let's just pray before I start. Father, we thank you for the awesome sense of your presence here this evening. Father, help us to push into your presence. Lord, I ask that you would speak through what I say tonight. Lord, that you would take these words and that you would speak to our hearts. Give us such a hunger to go deeper with you. Help us to be tuned in to your voice this evening, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, our, we've, I've been given one verse tonight, Luke 2.19, but can we have our passage Luke 2.8-19? We'll start reading the whole passage so we can understand the context. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So Luke 2.19, that last one, we, uh, what I really want to do is look a little bit at Mary tonight. Because by this point, as you all know, because <laughs> this is a very familiar story, she's been through a lot. <laughs> and we shouldn't forget how young she is, probably just a teenager. She's had a visit from an angel to tell her she's going to have a baby. And she has completely surrendered herself to God, in spite of what must have been huge fear and misgivings. You know, being an unmarried pregnant teenager was far less acceptable then than it is today. And she knew that becoming pregnant before marriage would result in her being misunderstood, potentially rejected. She knew she could be mocked and despised. And you know, in those days, she could have been stoned to death and she would have known that that was a possibility if she was accused of adultery because that's what Jewish law demanded. But in spite of all that, she chose to submit to the Lord's will, even knowing all of that. And in Luke 1.38, have we got Luke 1.38? It's just one, one simple verse. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Extraordinary act of surrender. Extraordinary and then by the time we get to our, our passage in Luke chapter 2, she's gone through all nine months of her pregnancy. 
She's endured what must have been a horrendous journey. It must have been uncomfortable. It must have been really arduous. It must have been exhausting. At the end of which, they can't even find anywhere to stay. I know how irritable I was at the end of nine months of pregnancy. <laughs> it, it, it's just amazing what she's been through. And when they eventually find somewhere, it's in a stable with the animals. And then she goes through labor and gives birth in a stable. It's so familiar to us that we kind of take it for granted. But when you actually think what she's gone through, it's quite, quite extraordinary. And I reckon those nine months would have been a really tumultuous journey as well. The emotions that she must have gone through in that time. And I, I can imagine actually many of us would have been quite traumatized by all of that because it's an awful lot to deal with, especially at such a young age. And so I want to try and almost imagine myself into that. It's really hard because life is easy for us by comparison. It is just extraordinary. And yet what we know about her from verse 19 is that in spite of all of that, she knows beyond doubt the value and the enormity of what she's been carrying. If we go back to 19, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Isn't that just beautiful? And pondered is an interesting word. It's not a word that I, don't, I think I've, I've heard very often. We all know what it means. But it could actually be translated as weighed. The, the Latin word pondus actually means weight, as in W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight of something, or meditated on or reflected on. And what, it, what it's telling us is that Mary thought about all that had gone on really, really deeply. And she must have felt the huge significance of those events that were unfolding and that she was a massive part of, even if she didn't fully understand and I suspect she didn't fully understand. How could she? I'm sure the shepherds must have told her about their encounter with the angels. I mean, they couldn't wait to go and see for themselves. It says they hurried off. So they must have told her that the angel said, today a saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord. They must have been absolutely full of it. And so she knew who this baby that she just delivered was and who he was going to be. And all of that, that's what she was pondering on. That's what she treasured in her heart. I love that. The things, the things we treasure are the things that we really, really value. I remember when I was really quite little and I first learned to sew. <laughs> I made all sorts of little sewing gifts for my mum. I remember making a little needle case and a pin cushion, and they were really crudely made, made out of felt and really thick thread and long stitches. And I remember embroidering a little placemat, as you do when you're about six. And my mum actually kept them and used them for years, because for her they were treasure. And I was thinking that actually I've kept all of the handmade, hand-drawn cards that my kids have made me over the years. And there's lots of them, but they are, they're my treasure because I love the effort that's gone into them. I love the stuff they've written in them. And because they're my treasure, I value them really highly. So I think that word treasure is really significant. 
She valued what was going on and what she was learning really highly. And the, the, the Greek for the verb to treasure actually means to keep safe or to keep with care. Like she put them somewhere really safe in her heart. So she's carefully storing away these things that she's learning about, about God, about her child. And actually, it's really interesting. Luke goes on to use the same phrase again later on in the chapter. And it comes after Mary and Joseph are traveling back home from Jerusalem. You know the story where they've gone up for the annual Passover celebration when Jesus was 12 years old. And they think as they're traveling back home that Jesus is with their group of friends and family. And so they carry on. They travel for a whole day, only to discover that he's nowhere to be found at the end of the day. And, and then they have to go back to Jerusalem because they simply cannot find him. And we're told that in spite of searching, they couldn't find him for three whole days. Eventually, they find him sitting with the teachers in the temple courts. Let's, let's read from verse 48. Have we got 48 to 51? Here we go. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? It's an interesting passage because if I was Mary, I don't think I'd be very calm. If we go on, it says, they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. It's that same word again. If I'd lost my son for three days, I'd have been beside myself. I really would. And actually, I think if, if we lose a child, when we first find them, the thing that comes up in us is just anger. It's relief, but it's anger. How could you do that? And, she, and they do say, don't they? Um, why have you treated us like this? And in all her anxiety, all the things she knew about Jesus, he was sinless and he was perfect, they must have been momentarily at least overshadowed by her natural human fear for him because she was a human being like us. You know, how could he do that? And there must have been moments as Jesus was growing up where she could forget that he was different from other children because she's a mum with a child. And I'm sure that there must have been moments of confusion between her perception of what was going on and the reality of what was going on. And yet I find it remarkable that even these memories and that awful situation of losing him for three days became her treasure. She added it to her collection because she must have seen something more and she knew she needed to keep hold of it. And I think that's just incredible. Just incredible. And I was thinking about this, and I, I was thinking, actually, it's a bit like making a deposit into a bank account <laughs> so that you can draw on what's in there when you need it. And I kind of feel like that's what she was doing because she's been told she knows her child is Messiah. 
She knows Jesus is the Son of God and Saviour. And the angel Gabriel told her that his kingdom would never end. Those are treasured memories. They're in her, they're in her deposit box, they're in her bank account. So she's had glimpses of who her son really was and who he would be. But, but at this point, she can't have imagined that any of that would mean he would end up being crucified like a criminal. I just don't think she could have had any idea of that at this point in time. And that she'd have to watch him being tortured and being mocked and dying on a cross. But when those unthinkable moments come, she's got that treasure in her heart to sustain her. She's got that treasure that she kept hold of. She's got that truth, which I imagine must have been able to give her courage facing those unthinkable things and the strength to go on. Even if she had no idea how it was going to work out and her emotions were failing her, she'd got it there as a resource. She could draw on it in the midst of the pain and the anguish. And again, I can't imagine that amount of pain and anguish. But to have all of that stuff that she's so carefully, safely stored up must have helped her find strength and meaning. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. In his word I put my hope. And so what was true for Mary has to be true for us. We need to hold fast to God's promises, to the things that he's said to us, to the revelation that he's given us. We need to value it. We really need to value it as our own personal treasure, to put it in our own personal treasure box. Because there will be times when life gets tough that we will need to hold on to that stuff. We will need it to sustain us in those really difficult moments, to find hope in the word that God has given to us. So we cannot take lightly the word of God and the personal revelation that he gives. There's a, there's a massive difference, though, I think, between just kind of jotting down a note. Sometimes if someone gave me a word this morning which was enormously encouraging enormously encouraging um, when the penny dropped and I realized what God was saying, <laughs> personal to me, and it was beautiful. And I just jotted it down in my phone. But it's not just going to stay in my phone. I need, to, I need to pray into it. I need to inhabit it. I need to, I need to store it in my heart because it's a promise of hope to come. It was a beautiful, beautiful word. I'm, I'm battling stuff and God is teaching me stuff at the moment on my own personal journey. And, and I believe he's given me a promise that a time of real huge breakthrough is coming. And this word, I can share it with you. It's not, not difficult to share. It was a picture of me. And I was 
on a beach, but I was in a cave. You know those kind of caves where you've got a big open mouth of the cave, and if you sort of step back into the cave, you can still see the beach and you can still see the sea. And it's lovely. But the word was, I'm, I'm at the mouth of the cave, but at the moment, my vision is a little bit obscured. I can only see the bit right in front of me because I've, I'm inside the cave, and so I've got the top of the cave over me. And the lady that gave me the word said, and suddenly, you're not in the cave anymore, you're on the top of the cliff, and your view is limitless. And I just went, yes, and amen, because that really gives me hope, and that is a word that I'm going to hold on to because that speaks volumes to me at the moment in my, in my personal journey. And so I'm not just going to keep it in my phone. It's something that is far too important for that. And it's a promise that I'm going to hold on to because I know what God is doing. And it's amazing. Psalm 119, verse 11 even the psalmist writes this. He says, your word I have treasured in my heart. It's throughout scripture. It's not just Mary. These are principles for all of us. And the psalmist knows how important it is to store something safely, something as valuable as God's word, in a place where that revelation can be felt that's important. It's a place where the revelation can be inhabited. It's a place where the revelation can be reflected on. And actually, it's a place where it gives life. When God speaks to us, it's to give life. It's not just information. God doesn't just speak to give us a piece of information. God speaks for transformation. And actually, when Laurie and I, any time we preach, we pray that we're not just giving you information. There's no point. We pray that actually the words are transformational because that's what it's about. And for us to know Jesus more and more deeply and to grow into maturity, when we hear the words that he speaks to us, we literally need to store them on the inside of us, right on the inside of us. We need to give them our, our full spiritual attention. Even if we feel in the moment we're only catching a glimpse of a deeper truth. And sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it is just a glimpse. But if we keep hold of that, then God will progressively give us more and more and the picture grows. And God can build on what's already in there. And I'm convinced that's what, that's what Mary experienced. She'd had the initial revelation from the angel Gabriel, you're going to have a son. And then she was told who this son was going to be. And then all through his childhood, we're told that she treasured the memories of the things that she was learning. So it wasn't full revelation right at the beginning. It was a glimpse. And then it was a bit more, and then it was a bit more, and then it was a bit more. And I believe 100% that all that we store in our hearts will come to fulfillment. Maybe even years later, some might... Some might come to fulfillment quickly. Some might take a long, long time. But nothing in God's economy is ever wasted, and he will build on it. And God's promises to us give us hope in times of hopelessness. They give us comfort in times of pain. Matthew six twenty one, beautiful verse. Jesus himself says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So what, what we're storing as treasure shows us where our heart really is. What are we storing away? Are we storing away the precious things that God gives us? Or are we storing away other things, things that don't matter, things of this world? If you were here last Sunday morning, and some of you were, you will have heard me speak about taking every thought captive. And how one of the key ways we do that is by replacing the unhealthy thoughts or the, the lies that we've been believing with the truth that we know. And I shared a bit then about my own personal journey of walking out of a place of fear and anxiety into a place of peace and freedom. And we're like, like all of us, I'm a work in progress. And there are times when it is easy to get discouraged, when it feels like the journey that you're on becomes a bit of a slog because you feel like you're not making the progress that you want to be making. But that word this morning really encouraged and inspired me to go on because it's building on what God's already put in there. I heard a, a testimony yesterday, actually, and um, this is from um, one of the staff members in Burundi, some of you know I work for Great Lakes Outreach and we have a Saturday prayer meeting and we connect on Zoom with lots of supporters in this country and some of the Burundians. And one of the guys told a story and asked us to pray for one of his staff members, a couple, because while they were at church, their house was robbed and literally every single earthly possession they had was stolen. They came home and all they had were the clothes they stood up in nothing else and yet they showed a photograph of her they managed to get some stuff together and they'd given her some fabric so she could make more clothes and the joy on her face was so extraordinary because she knew she'd got that treasure that god was her provider and i was so challenged by that I wouldn't be smiling ear to ear with huge joy if I'd had every single worldly possession stolen from me. But it, her treasure wasn't in her worldly things. Her treasure was the stuff of the Lord. And as I say, that, that challenged me so, so much. And when... We do learn stuff. When we do move on, the stuff that we've learned, that becomes treasure. Because those lessons are the things that help us to grow. And we go on to the next challenge and the next challenge. Because God builds on the stuff that we've already been through. And that's how he takes us into deeper and deeper freedom. Because he builds on the foundations that he's already put into us. And if we don't build those foundations ourselves, if we don't cooperate by storing that stuff away, there's nothing to build on. Because when we press into God, when we value the things that he's showing us and teaching us, when we treasure them, they literally, I think, become the building blocks for the next season. And God honors what's gone before. I've already said it, nothing in God's economy is ever wasted. Nothing. And so I think the biggest challenge is to, is to ensure that we stay hungry and thirsty for God. I talked about this a few weeks ago, but it's so important. 
And in our society, it's so easy for our hunger and thirst to be diminished. I'm going to read a quote. I read this quote. I preached on this, on desiring the presence of the Lord about, I don't know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, something like that. And I read this, but I'm going to read it again because I still think it's one of the best quotes I've ever come across. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. No, it's because you've nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. What are we putting in our hearts? What are we filling up on? What is the food that we're choosing to eat? What is the treasure that we're putting away? What is the value of that treasure? Because if we allow ourselves to fill up on the worldly stuff, and dare I say it, the inconsequential stuff, we'll stop making deposits of spiritual treasure in our hearts. Because we'll fill up, we'll feel full, that's difficult to say, we will feel full, and there won't be room for the good stuff. It's a bit like, I think it's a bit like driving a car when the fuel warning light comes on. You go to the petrol station, and you only put a couple of litres in the tank. And you drive for a little bit more, and then you need to fill up again. And so you kind of keep repeating that process over and over. And the tank keeps emptying because it's never properly filled up. That's why we have to fill up with this God stuff, with the stuff of the kingdom, so that it can sustain us, so that we can do the long journey, if you like. I mean, I, I know that objectively our spirit is full of the Holy Spirit, but nonetheless, God wants to, to fill us more and more and more with more of him. But I think in our experience, well, in my experience, and I, I, I dare say for a number of us, we can find ourselves feeling like we're running on empty from time to time. Do you know that feeling? You feel like you're running spiritually on empty. And that happens when we're not relying on the Lord, but we're relying on our own self-sufficiency. Own strength and striving kick in. And we're not going to feel full. And we're going to feel like we're running on empty because whose resources are we relying on? Our own, not God's. And so we mustn't suppress that desire to keep coming back to God. And it's difficult. The Lord told me a week ago something I needed to do and something I needed to journal. And I'm here at this, a week later and I've hardly gone to my journal because life has just been busy this week. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry. And it's made me realize how much we need to prioritize doing this consciously consciously we need to do this because with God there's always more to learn more to feed on more to fill up on and I think we have the capacity to receive much more from him than we think we do and I can think of so many situations where I have felt empty or dry where I felt, I felt like my emotions have lied to me that God isn't supplying everything I need. But it's simply because I filled up on the wrong things. 
not because God is not supplying, because his treasure is extraordinary. But I want to I draw to a close with a, a final point, or a final thought, and that is this. Most of what I've said so far applies to us as individuals. But the treasure we store in our hearts, the glory that we carry, is not just for our own personal benefit. It's also corporate. And I think it's very easy to lose sight of that. Because we live in a very individualistic society. And so we lose sight of how important it is that we're part of the body first and individual second. And I really do mean that. So the treasure that we carry is, is for our communities, it's for our church family, it's for the wider body of Christ. It's for the community in which we live. Because you and I are called to be a blessing. We're called to, to overflow with the stuff that God has put in our hearts for the benefit of other people. And that overflow, if it's the overflow of what God has put in, it's always good. We carry such good news. We carry favor. You and I carry healing. We carry life in abundance. We carry the light of Christ. If we're born again, we all carry the light of Christ. We carry God's glory, and that's meant to be visible and accessible to other people. What we carry is meant to be accessible to other people. It's not just for us. Our local community might not see it, but our presence in the community is meant to bless those around us, even those who don't know Jesus. Because what we carry, we carry the kingdom of God. We pray the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We carry that stuff and we're meant to impart it to other people, to our brothers and sisters and to the people that don't yet know Jesus. And how many of you here have been blessed by what other people in, the, in your fellowship carry? Lots of nodding. I would hope everybody. <laughs> Because we can, I think sometimes it's easier to see the treasure in somebody else than it is to see it in yourself. I could look at a whole number of you that I know and say, you carry this amazing anointing for such a thing. You carry an anointing for doing this. You carry an anointing for being like this to people. And we can see the treasure in each other. And there are so many times that someone's been able to share a word of encouragement or revelation with me because of what the Holy Spirit has deposited in them. And I think God absolutely loves it when what he's birthed in us then ministers to others in, in his body. It's a really beautiful thing. And so I just want to finish by saying, know what you carry. Know what you carry. Treasure it greatly. Really give it value and be willing to share your treasure at every opportunity. Amen.